All right, welcome back to Cafe All Lit. Got Camden with me, and we are doing the Hollow Men because she threatened me. Threaten is a very strong word. It is on podcast exactly what I said. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I'm getting where it's coming from me because I'm going to regret this. Yeah, so karma. <laughs> um, so the Hollow Men, written by Thomas Stearns Elliot. Um, that was a new fact I just learned. I'm, I've never considered the. I'm that's... pretty sure that's his name. <laughs> Is it in the book? Oh, so I just. I don't know. I don't think it's in the book. You can Google it. <laughs> we could. Um, I'll, do that, I'll do that while you're reading I'm, it. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what it is, though. I've um, never considered, I never considered that people with names like that have actual, like, names to go with the letters. You know, like Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald? Nope. It's not really Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald. It's just I, Francis I figured. Scott Fitzgerald, but he was named after his distant cousin, Francis Scott Key, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner. So... It is Thomas Stearns Elliot. Is that true or are you fucking with me? What? <laughs> about about um, Francis Scott Fitzgerald? Yes. Yeah, that's true. That feels like it shouldn't be true. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but it is. Um, <laughs> so, this has two epitaphs. Is that the right word? Yes. Um, Mr. Kurtz, he did, which comes from Joseph Conrad's novel, The Heart of Darkness, which... We did not get around to reading before this. <laughs> yeah, in the past week since we said we were going to do this. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just got it the other day. So I want to read it. Kind of, I feel like you can dig more in, into this poem with that. But I did get some notes on it. Um, Mr. Kurtz is like the uh, villain of the novel. Um, and this is like one of the, one of the, like a little boy comes and announces to the rest of the camp that um, Mr. Kurtz is dead. So that's where that comes from. Um, it's like Les Mis, but the opposite. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like what incites the whole revolution. And like there's the one person who's holding out in like Congress for the people, and then he dies, and then they all you know, go to revolution, and then they die. That's what happens in Les Mis, at least the movie. <laughs> I don't remember the movie. And then A Penny for the Old Guy is the other one. Which refers to Guy Fawkes, um, who was hung as a traitor. Mm -hmm. um, he was involved in a plot against King James I to assassinate um, said king and install a Catholic on the throne of England. And he was caught and sentenced to hanging because he was guarding explosives, which might come up later. In this, in this poem. Um, but, oh, the, that's, but the epitaph... That makes a lot of sense. But the epitaph um, itself, A Penny for the Old Guy, refers to... There's a thing called Guy Fawkes Day. And it... Um, the kids would burn... Uh, shoot fireworks um, and burn straw effigies of Guy Fawkes. So they're trying to... The kids are trying to collect money. Would say A Penny for the Old Guy. Or something like that, because um, they're trying to buy fireworks to celebrate <laughs> this man. To celebrate him or him dying? I'm, I'm not really sure. My research was unclear on that matter, but it was related to to that. So that might explain a thing or two in here, or it might not. But I think it 
I think it's related to it. So, um, right now I'm just going to read this. Um, I'm going to say long ass poem. This is a medium ass length poem. Um, it's it's four <laughs> pages. That's not bad. I got it to fit all on two. Okay, well I have an actual book. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think in my book it's like four or five or something. Um, right, the hollow men. We are the hollow men, we are the stuffed men, leaning together, headpiece filled with straw. Alas, our dried voices, when we whisper together, are quiet and meaningless as wind in dry grass, or rat's feet over broken glass in our dry cellar. Shape without form, shade without color, paralyzed force, gesture with mo or without motion. Those who have crossed with direct eyes to death's other kingdom remember us, if at all, not as lost, violent souls, but only as the hollow men, the stuffed men. Eyes I dare not meet in dreams In death's dream kingdom These do not appear there The eyes are sunlight on broken column There is a tree swinging And voices are in the wind singing More distant and more solemn than a fading star Let me be no nearer In death's dream kingdom Let me also wear such deliberate disguises Rat's coat, crow skin, cross staves in a field Behaving as the wind behaves No nearer Not that final meeting in the twilight kingdom Three. This is the dead land. This is cactus land. Here the stone images are raised. Here they receive the supplication of a dead man's hand under the twinkle of a fading star. Is it like this in death's other kingdom? Walking alone at the hour when we are trembling with tenderness, lips that would kiss form prayers to broken stone. Four. The eyes are not here. There are no eyes here, in this valley of dying stars, in this hollow valley, this broken jaw of our lost kingdoms. In this last of meeting places, we grope together and avoid speech, gathered on this beach of the timid river, sightless unless the eyes reappear as the perpetual star, multifoliate rose of death's twilight kingdom, the, the hope only of empty men. Five. Here we go round the prickly pear, prickly pear, prickly pear. Here we go round the prickly pear at five o'clock in the morning. Between the idea and the reality, between the motion and the act falls the shadow, for thine is the kingdom. Between the conception and the creation, between the emotion and the response falls the shadow. Life is very long. Between the desire and the spasm, between the potency and the existence, between the essence and the descent falls the shadow, for thine is the kingdom. For thine is, life is. For thine is the, this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Um, I know someone who would scold you for not pronouncing those last three very differently. Like, I was going to, which three? So this is the way the world yeah, ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've, got, I've got another way to do it that I think... Um, Makes way more sense. We'll get there. We're jumping to the end. Because <laughs> the beginning of that fifth and the end of that fifth are both in italics. And I feel like they're both meant to be that kind of sing-songy. Interesting. Um, so I think that is another way. There are multiple ways to, to read that last bit, is what my point is. But yeah, no, I got we will point. get there. We will. We're jumping. Um, okay. 
so we are the hollow men, we are the stuffed men leaning together, headpiece filled with straw. That is almost 100% a reference to the straw effigies of Guy Fawkes that I mentioned when I was talking about that uh, second um, well, epi epitaph, epigraph, whichever one it is. Epitaph. Epigraph. Graph. Taph is for a gravestone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there's something to be said about that in <laughs> that the destruction is completely meaningless and just for fun there of um, the effigies being burned by children just for fun. Um, so if we're going to draw the, that connection that we are like the we of the poem are those people, it's people being just destroyed just for fun, which makes a bit of sense if we, I mean, we have to read this as a reaction to World War One. I. I guess so. <laughs> um, but like seeing it in the context of war as this whole thing is a loss of hope in that like before this people may have considered war as something for a purpose, something valiant. But here, no, just just people dying, just because that's what other people said to do. That's just what rich people wanted, that's what children wanted. That's interesting. And the together piece is also really interesting there, just as you were reading it. Um, you would think that this hollowness would be an isolating factor, but it's not. I'm looking to you to help me out. I'm just... Well, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out where you're... At the beginning, at the very beginning, what you just read. Uh, like the... The leaning together. Leaning together. Piece. Okay. Um, does that imply some sort of community that still stays here? Mm -hmm. It is a bit too far to reach for hope in this poem. But... Yeah. Abandon all hope. You who enter, whatever. I don't think I got that exactly right, but... That was close enough. But... The, the Inferno is in this. Mm -hmm. Dante. There's also reference to uh, Paradiso in this, um, and maybe Purgatorio. I think there's a note on that. Um, I may yeah. find it, I may not. Um, this whole thing is Purgatory, but we will get to that. But, but this right here... Um, Put it on my phone. I can't get my phone right now. Oh. <laughs> but so it, it's uh, I think it's in these notes though. Um, Inferno. Let's see, I should have numbered these lines. You should have numbered. No. No. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where is it? Uh, says on the situation and atmosphere um, of hell's entrance, where dwell in the starless air in air forever dark and without hope of death those who were never alive the wretched souls of those who lived without infamy and without praise because they were not positive enough spiritually to be either good or evil so they're in like I think that's from uh, Canto 3 of Inferno um, and so the hollow men those see where was it? I'm going to take a wild guess. Violent so Remember us, if not at all, not as lost violent souls? Yeah, but only as the hollow men. They haven't, yeah. they haven't really lived. Mm -hmm. 
They just kind of existed. There's also an element there of not only are they deprived of positive, they're also deprived of negative attribution. Mm-hmm. It's in a way, even to be remembered as lost or violent is to still be remembered as having action. Um, so he's pushing that anything, even bad, is better than nothing. Uh, so if we want to push the... I haven't read The Inferno, but if we want to push the, the religious thing, like even hell is better than purgatory, because this whole thing, like especially... I want to jump towards the end so bad, so I'm kind of going to. But um, <laughs> this whole thing is this idea of purgatory without anything after, and the idea that even if... At some point, after enough waiting, you'd rather just negative you'd rather just hell than the waiting perhaps or you'd rather something bad or to be remembered as something's bad than to not be remembered i think most people do want to be remembered mm-hmm. most people would probably prefer it to be good but they just want but i think they would prefer to be remembered period yeah. over just forgotten um there's several references to eyes Mm-hmm. Um says in the Purgatorio, um, Cantos 30 and 31, Beatrice's eyes are a symbol of spiritual reality, on which account Dante both longs and dreads to behold them. So definitely in that second section, eyes I dare not meet in dreams in death's dream kingdom is a very, very specific um, reference there. Also says, among the hollow men in limbo, there is no such challenge. And I don't think this is purgatory. This is limbo, which is... I was conflating the two words, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Which makes sense, but in specifically in relation to Dante's Inferno, like Divine Comedy in general. I don't know anything about the Inferno, and I will... Limbo is, I will is that place that he comes to before he even enters hell. Yes. Um, so, let's see. I will immediately negate the point I made earlier about community being a positive thing. Um, <laughs> well, negate, um, build. Um, because right after that, he says, our dried voices when we whisper together are quiet and meaningless. Mm-hmm. There's this sentiment that multiple people can, like a group can do what one person can't do. Um, and that there's power in numbers. So there is a connection here. There's a multiplicity of voices, but that still doesn't do anything. Um, it's like negating that any sense of camaraderie will add anything. Like, oh, if we're together, it'll be fine. No, no, no. Still means nothing. <laughs> we picked a really happy poem. Not just a, not just that, but like this <laughs> poem, T.S. Eliot, it's work in general, I think. Um, the Wasteland and this. The Wasteland has a bit. But the, the Wasteland is more in, more easily interpretable than this. <laughs> depending on how you look at it. But I mean. And I'm looking you, at them not like you that. You definitely got it a, lo- a lot more to work with. Yeah. With the other one. But they both contain references to... Um, Dante. Mm-hmm. So I think Old Thomas was uh, <laughs> was definitely, <laughs> if not a fan, intrigued by yeah. Dante's ideas. 
Yes, and also to be a little snotty or whatever, because I do like T.S. Eliot, but also you have to acknowledge that he is the elitist of elitists. So his goal is to put as much in there that you don't get unless you've read all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, like, it's great for, like, people who have read it. Like, you're having a great time. I don't know what's going on. Um, It's even more, like, at risk of making this a Wasteland podcast, that's even more evident in the Wasteland when he just, like, drops into Sanskrit, which we can also blame Ezra Pound for, as I can blame Ezra Pound for most things. (laughs) But including um, both of our favorites are both because of as a pound so um but yeah no the wasteland is just fully in exercise and elitism and this one kind of is but there's also that haha joke that why would you teach the wasteland when you can just teach the hollow man yeah <laughs> well i mean i think they're they're not strict companion pieces no but but i think reading one with the other does have a lot of benefit mm-hmm. so i think if i was teaching a class i would not do one or the other I would do both. Um, maybe not in the same class period, but like <laughs> that would be really mean. Do like one class and then the next one, yeah. Um, or like a week on one and then a week on the other. <laughs> the wasteland is so dense and incomprehensible to me, and it's long too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're still it is on a the... long ass poem. <laughs> that one this is. This is a medium ass poem. Perhaps we're still on the first section. I mentioned the second one. You mentioned it. You okay. went back to the first one. I got excited. Okay. But like the eyes, I dare not meet in dreams. Um, just reference to uh, Beatrice Dante's love, who probably never noticed him. <laughs> That's a whole weird story that we're not going to get into. I learn new things about Dante every day. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. The river. So I've got somewhere I'm going. Um, and I'm going to talk about the second one, on this, that sunlight on a broken column. Part um, is kind of feels like a takedown. It's a takedown of society, but it's also a takedown of poetry in a way, in of himself. Um, <laughs> because the whole, um, like, the column obviously represents, like, classical society and this idea that everything was better before. Like, Greece and Rome had it perfect, you know? Um, like Thomas Love Peacock's Four Ages of Poetry he talks about how poetry has changed and how we're so much less than we were and how everything is diminished which you can see here like this diminishment um, but he kind of hints that the only way to, to like fix poetry and to fix academia is to go back to that and he means poetry as capital P as in all literature and art um, is to go back to the classical society but T.S. Eliot just kind of cuts that off here like it's broken it's not there. Like, you can, like, put sunlight on it. You can try to illuminate it. But it's, like, you can't go back to the way things were. And I think there's an air in this of um, trying to go back to old sentiments. Like, cutting forward to all of the, like, children's rhymes and, the um, and like, the religious references. is trying to go back to something that used to work for you. But now it's completely changed and is broken and will not work anymore. I don't yes. have I mean, sure. I don't have anything <laughs> to add, certainly. I was going to stare at you until you had an interesting thing to say about it. And I did not, so. Uh, <laughs> let's see. 
what else in that second um, whatever you would second part I guess do you have anything it feels like there's a lot here but I'm just not getting it yeah uh, I definitely feel that you could probably do hours and hours on this and still <laughs> not have all of it um, so I think we'll, we'll just move on yeah this is the dead land this is the cactus land here are the stone images or here the stone images are raised here they receive the supplication of a dead man's hand under the twinkle of a fading star okay so here we get life which we do also get briefly in that first stanza with the rats but um something being dead implies that it was once alive where up here in this first one hollow never having lived to have died is at least to have lived yeah that is true <laughs> <laughs> okay um let's see here the stone images are raised here they receive the supplication of a dead man's hand um lips that would kiss form prayers to broken stone which we go back to that broken except here it's not classical society it's religion yeah i think the stone images this kind of gives the gives off um and i could be just off base here but like when i read those phrases stone images are raised people made like stone images of gods that they would worship mm -hmm. um so i this is that's exactly that's the first place my mind goes when i read this stone images are raised it's just it's stone it's an image but it's raised up to this point of like mm -hmm. big god almost yeah um, there's and also maybe that's why they're here because they were worshiping false gods or whatever which elliot was not a christian when he wrote this mm -hmm. he converted like two years later Interesting. Which is probably worth noting. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if the idea of false gods or just any. Okay. I think because because we tie in the Christian in the end, I don't think it's in... I don't think you can read this as a, oh, well, you're following the wrong gods, you should be following Christian God. He takes that down too pretty well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think um, something really interesting there. You you read Raised as being... I'm Now I'm probably way off base. But you read raised as being physically above. Um, I meant spiritually, like spiritually, but like as at a higher place. Um, I read our raises, and they are currently being built. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, that makes sense. That tensing was really interesting. Mm -hmm. They, 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 they are raised. It's not. It doesn't read as oh, this is something our ancestors did, and that's bad. Or whatever like we're, we don't have faith in that it's that this is still actively being done like we're still following through with this character now uh, character is the wrong word charade that one we're still following through with a charade that has no meaning anymore like it's not we're kind of clinging on to what used to happen so we are still actively engaging in this and building new things even if we are dead even if this is obviously going to prove not to be a thing because there's comfort in doing things like doing there's comfort in doing things there's comfort in um, re in repetition and in routine, 
and doing things how they've always been done, even if you know they're not gonna, they're not true anymore. Like holding on to something, even if the reason you're doing it doesn't exist anymore. Then there's sort of a question posed, is it like this in death's other kingdom? Mm -hmm. Like they're in, they're in this limbo. Yeah. Like, what's it like on the other side of limbo? What's it like in mm-hmm. hell, purgatory, whatever's on the other side? Maybe they don't even know. Yeah, except it's... They're just kind of wandering. Is it like this in death, in death's under, other kingdom, waking alone at the hour when we are trembling with tenderness? So that's happening in the other place. So he does have, he has an inkling of what's happening there and it's the exact same thing. Like, in the other kingdom, that's where lips that would kiss form prayers to broken stone. Oh, okay. I think, I could be wildly misreading it. We could be wrong about everything here. Um, <laughs> that's the fun of literature, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's <laughs> just, it's an exercise in just thinking. Well, I'm glad it took you an entire an entire English degree to figure that out. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe when I graduate, they'll give me that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, I had a point. Yeah, we can't exactly call up T.S. Eliot and ask he's in Death's Other, other Kingdom. Maybe. Which one, though? Um, <laughs> right, welcome to the podcast. Yes, we're going to speculate as to T.S. Eliot's afterlife. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that that like reflective element is really interesting. Um, in the first half, the stone images are raised; they are in active motion, and um, the person praying to them is dead—the supplication from a dead man's hand. Mm-hmm. And then we flip to to death's other kingdom, um, and lips that would kiss are forming prayers to broken stone. So the idol is dead, and the person is still alive. Um, I have no deeper comment on that, except that was cool and I just noticed it. Um, that's an interesting little reflection there. Yeah, well, I think it's, they're postulating on what is happening in the other kingdom. Yeah. They don't, yeah. They're they wondering if that's what it is like. Um, but I still think it's interesting what he chooses to say. It's not... It's that idea of we can't imagine something else except except through the senses that we currently have and the experience we currently have. It's like when you dream, you only see faces that you've seen in real life. Or like a sixth sense is just a, it's a variation on one of the other five. Um, in imagining a world that is past beyond this one, it's just a variation on what's already happened because we can't imagine something new. Mm-hmm. That's all. Right. And then in the fourth part, um, the eyes are not here. There are no eyes here in this valley of dying stars, in this hollow valley, this broken jaw of our lost kingdoms. In this last of meeting places, we grow up together in a void speech, gathered on this beach of the Tumid River, or however you say, Tumid, Tumid, whatever. Which is probably a reference. You're the one who chose to read that word. It's probably a reference to the river Styx, the river across which the dead 
are ferried into hell. Are you explaining to me what the river Styx is? No. <laughs> you're just to the listener. You're just the only person in the room. <laughs> you just look at me like I have never heard of this in my life. Well, no, that's not what I'm... <laughs> Whatever. Continue. <laughs> I was having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I was looking for input back <laughs> on that. Not that you didn't know. Honestly, I've forgotten the point you made. So, yeah, no, I They're think gathered on the beach of the river. They're not across it yet, because they are in that. It's just further reiteration of they're in the hollow land. They're in limbo. Um, yeah. Sightless unless the eyes reappears, the perpetual star, multifoliate rose of death's twilight kingdom, the hope only of empty men. That multifoliate rose of death's twilight kingdom in Dante's Paradiso. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's like worshippers I think formed around um, the deity in the shape of a rose so that's the pretty much direct reference to yes um, heaven essentially mm-hmm. so if you have if that helps you come like think of anything because I <laughs> I don't necessarily have anything I'm just making a a note there since you haven't read it and I've, I actually you've only read Inferno so I did <laughs> but the research showed me that and I went, the, I went and I, I did go and read the part of Paradiso that that's mentioned in because I didn't want to just take the notes word for it I wanted to go like actually look, look the amount at of time it. you spend talking about the Inferno maybe you should read the other ones well yeah I, I do plan on doing it eventually but there's so many little references it's like littered with references mm-hmm. to people and things that I want to read more before I go back to yeah. it yeah the inferno has been sitting on my shelf since high school um I think I've read one day maybe probably not <laughs> anyways yeah um going back to that river sticks piece um it's interesting that now um, there's still that being together, like the like clinging to each other, but like we've lost any sense of speech. It's interesting. And then the last of meeting places that um, it's the river sticks that they dip you in and you forget everything, right? I That's the know. other one. That's rather it's it starts with an L. Lethe is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's something completely different. Um, but there is that before going into the. Um, there's All of a, this is coming from Percy Jackson, and I will oh really, really admit that. But yeah, the, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. There was something, the River Archeron was mentioned in one of these notes. No, it's, it's the L one. Um, but there is a sense that before you go to the, uh, to the other world, the underworld, you have to forget everything that's happened now. Um, hmm. It is interesting to go right here as this like being a last place to be together before oh uh, now I've had an actual revelation since I've been stumbling around there you go <laughs> uh, this is the last of meeting places this is the last place in which we'll be together um, in the, in we being the poem um, in that in death's other kingdom going back to three in death's other kingdom waking alone at the hour um, there's sentiment that when things have passed there won't be connection anymore that's a solitary experience but everything happening on this side, the hollowness is a place of meeting, which I don't really know what point he's trying to make there. It seems a little counterintuitive to his whole like everything is terrible and bad now, 
Um, and it's so reductive to be like, everything is terrible and bad, but we have each other. Because that's definitely not what he's saying. But he is pulling on those connection elements. <laughs> Anyways, the fifth one I, I feel like is the one I, I actually have things to say about. So. Good, because... <laughs> The fifth one is so cool. The fifth one is. It is very interesting. It's not like any of the others. The first four um, are talking about the hollow men and where the hollow men are, and then the fifth one is just different. And it's it's so good. I love it. Um, Go for it. (laughs) So first of all, that first part you already picked up is it's a like it's a nursery rhyme. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it actually is. Can't remember. Can we go around the mulberry bush? Sure. I'm. I will claim that I'm too young to know that, but sure. Um. <laughs> well, I think I think it's been. Yeah. That that same like rhythm and like tune has been used for all sorts of all sorts of things. But I think the at the time, mm-hmm. like my notes say, here we go around the mulberry bush. I think that's like either the original nursery rhyme or like either the one that was most popular Mm -hmm. at the time of writing this yeah but that it's interesting that he calls upon that there i mentioned earlier something about holding on to something that used to bring comfort but now doesn't mean anything um and that's what this feels like of like in a very real tactile sense when you go through trauma you kind of revert back in a way um, to this is the thing that used to bring you comfort when you were a kid. Um, you would sing nursery rhymes and things would be okay. Um, and that's kind of trying to return to that to try to find peace, but it obviously doesn't work. <laughs> and more than that, it's not, oh, this thing doesn't work anymore. Oh, it's different now. When you go through trauma or when something like this big happens, it colors everything in your past. Um, and changes how you see things. So he doesn't see it like a mulberry bush anymore. He sees it as a dead thing. It's not just a broken thing. It's a dead thing. It's been irreversibly changed. Well, prickly pear is a cactus. Yes. but it's very different. It doesn't give that same sense of life that like a bush would. This is the dead land. This is yeah. cactus land. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's used there. Um, but the idea that even the most simple things are different now... Um, it's interesting. And then between the idea and the reality, between the motion and the act falls the shadow. That's exactly where we're sitting in the in-between. Um, it's interesting to see this as an apocalyptic poem in a way, which I think is how a lot of people saw the time after World War One. Um, I mean, I wasn't there, but... Um, you don't say. Kind <laughs> of throw something at you, um, but like this is this huge giant apocalyptic battle. Like this war was like world ending. People thought the world was ending, and in a way, even hello, okay. Um, <laughs> um, if the world had ended, there would have been something like that happens, and then something else happens. Like we've had the battle, and now we're just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the idea of this thing and the reality of it actually coming to fruition. It's, we've talked about it a million times and I won't keep talking about it, but the shadow is exactly putting word to where we are right now. Um, and the conception and the creation. All of that is just middle space. It's beautiful ways of saying it. Um, but then he intersperses it with those 
um, for thine is the kingdom pieces, which is not pulling back to childhood, but pulling back to faith, which in the same way is not useful anymore. And I think it's, I mean, you can say it because you talked about it, but the um, making that um, a nursery rhyme, um, putting it together with a nursery rhyme makes it really interesting to be like, almost to say as if faith is a child is a childish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to place those all together because yes, that this is the way the world is is italicized, but so is the for thine is the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, except when it's in the weird little thing at the end. Um, because it's losing its meaning. Yeah, it's the breakdown of language more than anything, which is a hard thing to get right, and he does really well. And this whole thing is everything losing its meaning. I feel like I, I feel like I'm losing the meaning of all words at this point. <laughs> uh, there's an interesting note here. Um, for Julius Caesar, I guess I guess it's relating to the Shakespeare play, Act Two, Scene One. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's a line in there that says, "Between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion, all the interim is like a phantasma or a hideous dream," which is what he's yeah. playing off of with "Between the idea and the reality, between the motion mm-hmm. and the act follows the shadow," and then he basically does he's playing with it again in several of those. Mm-hmm. other stanzas in there. I just remembered what I was saying. <laughs> okay, good. I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you. Um, but the apocalyptic thing, the point is, after the actual apocalyptic action in Christian myth or whatever, there's supposed to be a savior coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything before this war is, oh, well, this institution will save us, this religion will save us, literally God will save us. Um, but after enough time of waiting, you think, what if no one is coming to save us? And that's exactly what this is. Um, of, we're still using the language, but we don't believe it anymore. I don't think when he's saying for that is the kingdom, he actually believes that. No. He's just saying it because he has to. Because you have to say something. Um, yeah, the world doesn't end with like a big bang, a big apocalyptic yeah. event. It ends with a whimper. And yes, that is an allusion to the Guy Hawks day. Like the Guy Hawks situation mm-hmm. with the... Because uh, his life ended in a, in a hanging... Um, there was no bang. Yeah, and I—I I mean, we. But have with like, like what I, what I was trying to say with this, the the world ends with a whimper. People are like, "Why is like it's not this big apocalypse with mm-hmm. Jesus coming back or whatever?" It's just kind of like fizzle. a just fizzles out because mm-hmm. it didn't happen, and people just like you said, kind of give up on it like okay I guess you just keep going and then yeah it's interesting to see in context of and then it happened again 20 years later and then yeah. we get postmodernism yeah, the whole world war two like the world war one if it uh, I think it was in class last week uh, the professor was a doctor Blank was um, <laughs> he's a doctor. Let's show some respect. Um, <laughs> he said something like, uh, and I've heard this before, but like, if it, if World War One wasn't the war to end all wars, then mm-hmm. what was it really for? Like, what did it really accomplish? It's children playing with effigies. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's the thing of like, well, if this is the worst thing that's ever happened, then like. 
um, then it's okay. To know that the worst thing that's ever happened to you has already happened, mm-hmm. then, then you're safe, you're fine. But then for it to come back and hit you again, um, then that's why postmodernism gets so weird because at that point it's absurd because there is nothing left. Like, well, it might as well happen again and again and again. And that's not even really a whimper. That's just continue, continually getting the shit beat out of you. <laughs> Which if you look at this from a modern lens, even, like not a modernist lens, but like a, I guess contemporary. Yeah. But, you know, contemporary would be it, yes. uh, Um, Look back post-World War Two. The world didn't end with the atomic bomb, mm-hmm. but it's slowly deteriorating more and more, um, mm-hmm. which he didn't know that. Yeah, but it's that, but that's the joy of literature. Mm-hmm. Joy is an interesting word with this poem, but to get <laughs> to see, to, to get to see it in that retrospect and be like, well, I know more than T.S. Eliot did, actually. Yeah, um, which is... Uh, <laughs> I know more about world history than he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know more recent events anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how. I do not know more about world history than he did. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much world history he knows. A decent but amount. Looks, That's all that he's putting it, in here. But it looks like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that I little. Dante. <laughs> I want to talk about that about the hanging piece and that you brought up an individual man and I think that we have to be careful when applying something specifically to our life. That mm-hmm. this is not a poem strictly about just you, but there. Um, is also it's that thing of like when like people will like read the Bible and be like this thing that specifically says Israel is about me. No, it's not. Yeah, or like every like so many of the quote books of the New Testament are epistolary. They're letters sent to a specific group of people yeah. or a specific person. Yeah, you have to understand context. So, so yeah, you can you can still learn from those, mm-hmm. but. No, he was not writing to you. Yes, but also there is a personal... It's interesting to see this on that universal scale that the world didn't end. But to a degree, the world is your world. Like, when I die, for all intents and purposes, for me, the world has ended. Yeah. Um, so to take that, it was really interesting when you brought it to this one person having a hanging. And this thing of like, well, like, oh, I'd like to go in a blaze of glory, blah, blah, whatever. That doesn't exist. You just die. And like, whatever happens afterwards happens, Sure. But, um, like, there's the macro, everything is going to do that. But, like, sure, for me, the world ends, but the world actually keeps on going. That idea of, like, your specific life has no significance. <laughs> it's not, no, 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 everyone has, because there's community, and, well, none of us have significance, so we might as well do anything. Um, but, no, no, just you. <laughs> your specific life. Um, and I will, <laughs> I feel like at the end of this, it's important to point out that I don't believe all of this. <laughs> um, there's some truth in it, but I think... It is also important to point out that there is hope, and there is hope within T.S. Eliot's um, things, if not here. You find them, you find it in the four cantos. Yeah, there's the there's the word it. hope. There is the word appears hope. Appears once or twice. Um, but like, I mean, I have a poet friend, um, and we talk about not the four. I keep calling it the four cantos as Ezra Pound in my head. Four quartets. But I have a poet friend, and we talk about hope a lot, and that idea that you can't, you don't have to put hope in every single poem because at that point it becomes gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But it has to be somewhere in there. If not, what are you doing? Um, so it's important to recognize that there is hope somewhere in, in this whole book I have in front of me, even if it's not in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've <laughs> made some progress with dissecting this, this poem anyway. Um, definitely not an easy one. T.S. Eliot is not an easy, easy poet to read, but it's absolutely worth thinking 
yeah. about um, worth pondering. He's brilliant, but also you do have to understand he's an elitist and a snob. But we're benefiting from that as people who get it. <laughs> so that makes us the elitist, but... I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, the end of my thesis is going to be, I am an elitist and that is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, all right, that's all I got. My brain yeah. hurts a little. A little bit. <laughs> Gonna go drink a beer. <laughs> I have class in two hours. Uh, so. Yep. Well, nice having you back on. She'll be on some more, I'm sure. Um, that was a promise. You heard it right here. He can't get rid of me. But. <laughs> but until then, or until the next time, <laughs> keep on reading, eh? <laughs> it's a Canadian outro. Ha, ha, ha.